Good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I am your host and I have a really awesome guest on today. His name is Doug Walls with a Z. Doug, welcome hey, to Ken. the show, man. <laughs> Good to see you today. <laughs> with a Z. I had to point that out. You know that. Uh, you, you're going to have to. Dude, it's, I told oh, I you. I don't know how you got this misspelled. What's that? I don't know how you got yours misspelled. <laughs> I know. You know what's crazy is my my younger brother's name is Doug. Oh, yeah. Walls. <laughs> Spelled the right way. Uh-huh. I got you. <laughs> so, so, dude, I, I, my and I apologize to everybody. I'm having a technical issue with my camera. It's just acting crazy today, wanting to make my face all red. I don't get it. Let me adjust the color a little bit, but so, so, um, you know, I told you I created this and Nazira Jamal is on. Hey, Nazira. Um, so, you know, I created this to help people. It's what I created the show for is to help people get unstuck. We all go through crap in life. We get stuck. We don't know how to get through it. Yada, yada, yada. And I think that by hearing other people's stories, um, we heal, we mm -hmm. learn how to get unstuck. So, um, I'm excited to hear your whole story and let's start with where you were born and raised, Doug. Uh, I was born in Cincinnati, um, spent quite a few, uh, formidable years in Akron, Ohio, and then in 79, moved down to Sebring, Florida. In 79. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you were still in grade school. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I don't know how old you are. I have no idea. Actually. No, we're, we're the same age. <laughs> oh, are we? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, so you moved to Sebring, Florida and, and you told me that we were talking yesterday. I said, dude, I need to Google this. I have no idea where Sebring it. You're literally right in the middle of the state, like, like way down there in the, right in the middle. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so you were, you, I didn't realize, did I know you were from Ohio? Did you tell me that? Um, I don't know if we, maybe that first call that, uh, when we first met, we may have briefly spoke about it. I don't recall that. Wow. So Cincinnati yep. and Akron, Ohio, and, and then yep. you end up in Florida. That's a big, that's a big jump. It's a yeah. huge jump. Yeah. So what was it like for you growing up, man? I mean, how, let's see, in 79, how, you were uh, 11 years old? About that, yeah. 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 Um, and and so what was that like? I mean, you had to have had friends in Ohio, and then you just up and move? Yeah, uh, but for some reason, I think I was up for the adventure. Um, and, of course, you know, um, it was in, in my head at that point, it, we're going to Florida. So yeah. How bad can that be? Right. And, uh, but it was, it's, it's been great. I, I, I love, I love the state. love the community that we're in. It's been a um, uh, fantastic place to grow up. Um, so, I really, and, and irregardless as to um, where I think our age group grew up, it was such a different way of growing up back in the 70s, 60s, 70s and 80s. Uh, that I, I really feel bad for our kids and our grandkids not being able to have some of those really cool experiences. I mean, like staying out until dark and yeah, yeah. when the street lights came on and you had to get home on your bicycle and yeah, yeah man, I remember those days. So, so, um, and leaving your front door unlocked all night. I, I, I remember that yeah. like you don't do that now. No, you could even leave your car unlocked and nobody would break into it. And yeah, so, um, so you ended up in Sebring, Florida, which by the way, is not really that close to any beach in Florida. I mean, it's closer than I am, but it's in the yeah. middle of the state. Well, it's, it's great because we can pick, pick which coast we want to go to. Right. That's true. Yeah. And you're not, so it's like right across 
not right across. It's up from Miami. Um, you're kind of right, right directly across from what Cocoa Beach yeah. and yeah. So we're three hours north of Miami, uh, about hour and a half, two hours south, southwest of Orlando, and about wow. two hours east of Tampa. Okay. Yeah. So, so you, um, you, you, um, what was it like, man? At 11 years old, you're now living mm-hmm. in Florida. That means you're a Florida rock star, right? At 11. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> we moved down here. Um, my dad had the uh, opportunity to open a Wendy's franchise. And so I kind of got thrown into that first summer that we were here. Uh, he had me working on a construction site, uh, picking up garbage in a, in a bucket. Wow. And it was, you know, I, I had not acclimated to Florida summers at that point. <clears throat> I was still an Ohio boy. Yeah. So by the time I got to the other side of the building and he couldn't see me, I scooted over to the gas station that was next door to us because they had air conditioning and cold water and uh, would hang out with them until he found me. Um, and uh, I just I had, a, I had a great time. I mean, it was, uh, uh, you know, it, it was neat. It was neat growing up that way. Um, everybody had their you know in, individual ways of growing up. It was a really cool experience um, and being involved. Uh, being that young, but having your your parents as the your boss or your the owners of that franchise, they were able right. to put us to work in there as kids, where I normally wouldn't have been able to work in a you know a business like that. That was a right. franchise business um, as early as that. But we got some. Really, my sister and I got some really good experiences that way. So you were this, uh, and you say the construction <laughs> site, like at your at the Wendy's restaurant that your dad yeah. was building. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. did you grow up working at that Wendy's? Uh, yeah, I did. I did actually. Um, so as soon as that store opened, um, I, he, again, I, all I could still do once the store was open is, um, take out the garbage, uh, sweep the floors, wipe stuff down, do the, um, you know, little cleaning projects like that which as much as I didn't like it, I thought it was a much better deal because he dressed my sister up like Wendy and she oh, had to be in that costume all, all the time. And I, yikes, that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> so, and you know, I, I actually worked at a Wendy's when I was 16, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and I remember the, you know, they have the Wendy's training handbook, right? Yeah. And one of the things that they, they say, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's something like you never say, um, is that all when you're taking somebody's order? Um, would you care to add anything else to your order? I think, yeah, something like that. And they never get it right at the Wendy's today. Never. (laughs) And it drives me crazy. Like I'll hear him say, is, is that all? Yeah. And I'm like, I'll, I'll literally go, well, did you want me to order something else? We're, like, <laughs> like, did you not read the freaking handbook? They don't, <laughs> no, they don't. I don't think they, they do. All, they don't, man. They don't. don't. It's crazy. I don't think they know where to find it. <laughs> it used to drive me crazy. Do you want to tell everybody how they make the chili? <laughs> I'm I should with love and care and kindness. Right. And lovely spices. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we both know, don't we? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, it's not it's bad. Stuff. It's not bad. It's not. No. It's not. Just, you know, the meat might be a little bit overcooked. <laughs> but, but anyway. It's nice and it's I know. Nice that's right. So, so, um, so you grew up and what did your, what did your dad do prior to that here in Ohio? So he, um, so I'm going to say he worked at Ohio food systems, uh, which was another Wendy's franchise, but, um, the, the longer, more interesting story of that was he actually, uh, grew up with Dave Thomas Oh wow! Um, <clears throat> my my grandfather owned a restaurant called um, uh, the Hobby Ranch House, and with two other partners, Dave 
was an employee, worked up as a manager. My grandmother on my mom's side was a waitress there. My mom eventually worked in that restaurant also. And that's where my parents met. They, um, they had known Dave for many years, obviously, and worked well with him. Um, and and for people that don't know who Dave Thomas is, Dave Thomas is the founder of Wendy's International. Yes, yes. So right. I mean, that's so that that's the introduction into Wendy's. I mean, there's a <clears throat> um, a lot of interesting side stories in there, but that's uh, eventually he was offered. Um, um, an early position in Wendy's as it was getting started, and they declined at that point. Wow. Uh, a few years later, they ended up uh, getting back into the restaurant business and uh, working. A Akron was the area that we ended up moving to and working with that particular franchisee who uh, the two brothers were the um, uh, the attorneys that Mr. Thomas had hired to write the original franchise agreements. Wow. And so it was, it was, it was pretty interesting. Nice Interesting way to grow up, and uh, sure. uh, I got to go to you know weekends. Dad had put me in the car, and we'd go around and look at all the all the new stores that he had built. He was in charge of building the stores at that point. Um, had uh, by the time he left Akron, <clears throat> he had built over a hundred Wendy's and Arthur Treacher's uh, stores wow. through the Ohio um, area, and uh, got a offered to open our own franchise in um, three different areas. And uh, we ended up landing in Sebring, Florida. And that's how we ended up moving down here. Wow. You know, it's, it's interesting because that, that franchise system that, I mean, it's, you're guaranteed success pretty much if you buy a Wendy's franchise. Um, no. Not guaranteed, no. but. No, you're, you're, I, I think you're, you have a better than, uh, uh, higher than better odds of yes. success. Yeah. Um, if you plug yourself into any system that have that's been systematized, proven out, and yep. you follow a proven track record, right? If you go in, right. and that's why they I think franchises are so successful is because there is a built-out system right. that um, you know the franchise isn't going to survive if it's not uh, a good system to follow. But if you right. get in, if you get in there and you don't follow the employee manual. It's it's going to hurt you in the long run. So you yep. got all the systems. So so, and I think um, you know, there's far too many. Well, we won't get into the weeds on that, but I, you know, I know there there's a lot of franchise owners that um, try to modify, and and then they end up suffering as a result. I yeah. mean, there there you know, there's certain there's certain things that they put in place for a reason. It's not for control. It's to, to help you become successful. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so growing, growing up. So at 11 years old, your dad started his own Wendy's store down in Sebring, Florida, um, or opened his own down there. And so you grew up working in that and going to school. Did you participate in sports and all that? Or yeah. were you, yeah. did you yeah. play, play football track? Did you end up going to college after high school? Uh, technically, yes, I did. Did you in Florida? I did. Yeah, yeah. Lasted about six months there. Really? Why? <laughs> why? Why only six months, man? I I was not cut out for college. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I was. I was not the best student. What but, was your um, what What was your interest then? If it wasn't college, I just, I just wanted to get at it. I want to go work. Yeah. Um, um, I just, I don't know, Ken. It's just, um, I, I, it just, it wasn't a fit for me and I don't think it's a fit for everybody. Um, and I think that there were some, um, well, I'll give you, I'll give you a really good reason why it probably wasn't a good fit for me. Um, <clears throat> my, at the end of my senior year, uh, my dad actually ended up selling those stores. So prior to, you know, that first day that we were open, opening up two more stores, uh, oh, wow. up in those stores, um, you know, I was a, a manager of the stores while uh, running a, a management shift during high school. That's what I thought my, you know, eventual future is going to be. That's where 
what I was identifying moving into. And so you, you were going to be a, a Wendy's manager. Yeah. I, you know, I was going to be a franchisee just like my dad. That's, that's what I was aspiring to do and, and be. And, and so that no longer was um, the path kind of laid out for me. So I get to college and um, was, and I think that's, you know, you, you, we hear a lot of um, conversations or stories about kids getting to college, um, not really having a, a focus, not knowing what they wanted to do. And I can, I can really identify with that because I, I thought I had a focus. I knew exactly what I was going to do. I knew the path I was going to take. And all of a sudden that trajectory got changed on me. And yeah, I mean, I honestly, I, I probably floundered for many years, not really knowing exactly where to plug in and what the trajectory was going to be. So why did your dad, did you ever, did he ever say why he sold him? It was, it was, it was the right thing to do at the right time with the right offer. Oh, uh, was it? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. so you, you, you went to college for six months, realized that um, that wasn't for you. And what happened next? Um, came home and we were under construction with a, um, um, a commercial project at that point. And, um, I just got out, got up one morning and went down to the job site, talked to the foreman and said, what do you want me to do? I, I'm, I needed, I need to do something. So, uh, started working with the concrete crew and construction there ended up, uh, mm -hmm. when that shopping center was done, opened up a, uh, ice cream, uh, franchise. Uh, that I had been introduced to down in South Florida where I went to college and wow. which was great. Cause that's where I met my, that's where I met my wife. Wow. So like dairy queen. No, it was called the ice cream club. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and was, you opened your own. Yeah. Yeah. When I was 19. Wow, man. So, so you, um, wow, that's okay. So you started your first business at 19 years old. Yep. That's impressive. How did that go? Not well. <laughs> 19. I mean, we, right. um, it, it, it went, it went well. Um, because one, I, um, I knew the customer service side of it. Um, yeah. I don't know that I had the, I certainly didn't have the level of maturity to, to run the store the way it should have been run. Um, it served its ultimate purpose because like I said, that's where I met my wife and um, right. I, you know, that's, if that's all I ever got out of that store, that's, that's all I'd ever need. Um, and that's back when uh, David Lee Roth had that song out ice cream man i'm your ice cream man or something <laughs> yeah, was, was that your favorite jam uh -huh. <laughs> was that your jam were you like bumping that the whole time <laughs> no i i'm not gonna even go into the uh the music that yeah. we had there it was just it was it was it was a lot of we had a lot of fun and uh i've, I've actually heard heard back from some of the uh uh kids that work there uh, as my employees and, and, uh, they were, I mean, great. It was their first jobs that they had. And, and we right. just, we always had a great time. There was, it was a fun place to work. And, um, I mean, for myself and, and others, I, I think we all had a great time, but, uh, turns out that I, I ended up making more when I sold that store. Um, I sold the franchise to somebody and they, they found out that they didn't like it and they turned it back over to me. Oh, and every wow. time I sold it, I, I would hold a note on the on the business. Sold it five times. Oh my gosh. Made more money trying to sell that thing than I ever did selling ice cream. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. So you eventually sold it for good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then so how old were you as as like 21, 20, 25? How how, so, how long? Yeah, I mean it was that was 22, I think, because we had we were in the selling process in the midst of the selling process when um, my wife and I got back from our honeymoon was the second time it got handed back to me, um, wow. thinking I was going to go in one direction and realized now I'm back in the ice cream business again. Um, wow. But yeah, uh, at that point we had um, uh, 
a, a construction company had emerged out of that building process of that commercial deal and uh, got into drafting. Um, you know, so if I've had since my early twenties, a construction background. And uh, um, we also had a outdoor advertising company at that point. Um, started building that had about 140 billboards uh, throughout central Florida. Sold those in 96 and it's been, it's been, it's been very interesting an eclectic um, entrepreneurial lifestyle, I guess it's, I mean, from construction, ice cream to billboards, politics to, you know, mobile um, devices and whatnot. Yeah. So, so you, let, let's talk a little bit about what you, um, what you're doing now. I know that, um, you've done a lot of things leading up to where you are now. Um, like what, what industry are you in now? So, uh, the two things that we do right now, we still have a construction company. Uh, okay. and, and is it commercial? Yeah. So we, well, we do residential and commercial. Oh, okay. Um, a lot of the commercial side is, uh, remodeling. Uh, we work with a lot of medical facilities, hospitals here, uh, doing rehabs and remodels. <clears throat> As you know, two years ago, we had um, over two years now, uh, Hurricane Irma came through. Right. So we had about 40 jobs dropped in our lap uh, as soon as that week the phone came, came on. And uh, we are still, we still have two jobs on the books that are hurricane related. Wow. Um, so construction has been very busy. And, and yes, it's commercial and, and residential. We do a lot of new, um, new construction on the residential side. From the ground up. Yeah. Got it. Um, and then on the uh, on the marketing side, um, we have and actually was kind of birthed out of some projects that I had with the uh, with the billboards. We have started a company called Text Me Leads, where we work with speakers, authors, uh, podcasters on capturing new leads, um, uh, delivering products to an audience, and basically turning every cell phone in that audience into a lead capture device. Wow. How's that work? Um, simply, you know, you get a, you get a speaker on stage and um, they tell everybody, go ahead and take out your phones. And in the process of doing that, you give them a text message and to, to lead, lead them to a, that call to action. And the automatic text is sent back to them with a link. We give a deliverable page that, so let me, let me give you an example. You've been uh, in a seminar somewhere. And the speaker from the uh, stage is got really, really good content. Right. Uh, a hand goes up in the audience. Hey, you know, Mr. Speaker, how can we get a copy of your slide deck? Mm-hmm. Well, um, can uh, Joan can, uh, in the back there, my assistant, can we get, uh, a, you know, an email sent out on Monday or can you have that posted to the website? And right. if it's not thought through, they completely lose the opportunity to connect with that, that person in the audience. Because when you see that one hand go up, there's typically seven to or more yeah. around that person or in the audience that still want exactly what they're at, that person's asking for. They just don't raise their hand and ask. So I started seeing that way too many times. I also see that, uh, saw the, um, uh, you get a, a, a graph or a, photo or an image on the screen that they were using and the, and the cameras would come up and they'd start taking pictures of those, of those slides on the screen. And that, and and the speaker sees that they see the iPads, they see the cameras and everything coming up. And it's a, it's an absolute trigger for the uh, speaker to say, guys, uh, everyone grab your phones. I know this is good information. Um, Go ahead and text this, this number to this code. um, And, I'm going to give you the entire slide deck, full resolution. You know, those photos aren't going to come out uh, perfectly. And that way it's going to allow you to take the notes that you need to take and still be present with me in this presentation. So I was seeing that too often and we, it was a, uh, you know, problem solution kind of a deal and we created the solution for it. So like you, what you were attending a lot of conferences seeing this and then just a light bulb goes off. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty incredible, man. Yeah, because they, so, they were answering it with the same the, the same disconnected response of, 
I don't know how to do that. And at that point, we're starting to tra transition out of dropping your business card into a fishbowl at the at the front of the stage or the back of the room. Yeah. And it was it, it, there was just a disconnect at the right time. And we've been working with that ever since. Wow. Yeah. And remember, there used you'd go into businesses all the time. They'd say, drop your business card in for. Yeah. 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 They don't do that anymore. No, well, uh, some do, some don't. Uh, but the, uh, the the digital kiosk that we've been working with on this is basically you could take this on a a, a, a tablet yeah. and have that mounted right there at the register. And when the when your client comes up or the customer comes up, they can simply type in their phone number, and that's a digital um, a, a way to digitally get them a coupon or to get them to log into a um, uh, VIP program and that, uh, you know, instead of punching the card, the loyalty programs that we have that you've seen around, a lot of people have, um, this is a digital loyalty program that you can use. And that way it tracks how many times they come in. There's a timestamp on it. You know, what kind of, what time of day they come in, uh, wow. you know what days they don't come in. It's, it's a great way to track exactly when your customer's there and which customer it is so that when you have a slow day, you can simply, uh, run a, a text message blast out to those uh, that client base and invite them back in and say, if you show this code, your special code, because nobody else is getting it, you show your special code when you come in, you're going to get an extra 10% off. You're going to get us a free drink or, you know, whatever they want to offer them. Well, that's pretty cool, man. So how long, how long ago did you start doing that? And that's a, I mean, that's a big leap from construction to that. I mean, that's a huge difference. Well, so I started this 10 years ago. To answer your first question, I started 10 years ago. 10 years ago, wow. construction left me. Oh. So yeah. I went back into marketing, and this is what we started to develop. And we've wow. uh, those early iterations um, 10 years ago is what we you know developed into what we have today. Um, Ron Goodwin says, is this run through IM instant, I guess, instant, instant messenger? messenger? Uh, no, we we actually use your actual text messaging program uh, that's okay. built in. The so what we did not want to do is have to have you download a special app for it. We wanted everything to be organically uh, located in your <clears throat> on your phone. Everybody yeah. knows how to turn on their text messaging. They know how to send a text message, and they know how to yeah. click on a link. So there was nothing else to to learn. And what we also found early on, which isn't necessarily the case now, but um, you still run into it from time to time on a, it, just sending somebody to a website isn't always going to be the best way to do it because you don't have, you don't always have full Wi-Fi coverage or cell coverage in an event arena, depending on what size it is or what type of building you're in. But you usually have just enough um, cell signal to get a text message in and out. Right. So, so right. it, it's it's that it's using that lowest common denominator to make that initial connection, and it it sits on their phone. That link sits on their phone, uh, so that whether they can activate it in the meeting, great. If they have to wait until they step outside, it's still there. And then when they load up the page, it you know those pages don't necessarily go away until you you know click on delete. So that's like the, the short code thing, right? Like text yeah. the keyword, whatever to whatever number. Yes. Okay. That's pretty cool, man. Wow. You're one of the pioneers in that industry. Um, it, it seems like it. There's yeah. Not, there's I mean, it hasn't been around that long. Yeah. They've, they've, they've been, they've, there've been a lot of them that have come and gone. Uh, there's certainly more in the industry now than there were before. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Wow. That's, that's pretty cool. So, um, how, and if somebody wanted to sign up, it looks like there's people that are, that may be interested. So, uh, we'll, we'll throw up a website. You can give me a website address and I'll put it up on the, on the screen. Um, as a matter of fact, I will do that right now. What's the website address? It's textmeleads.com. Textmeleads.com. Yeah. yeah. I just sent it to you. Oh, I'm just typing it in. So textmeleads.com. Is that right? Mm -hmm. So, so, or, um, or just as, as an example, you could also, um, 
from your cell phone, start a, start a new text message and text TML for text me leads to the yeah. number five, five, six, seven, eight, five, five, six, seven, eight. Yes. Oh, there you just put it up on the screen. I'm going to copy that and create a banner. So, um, <clears throat> that's pretty cool, man. Like, uh, the and and you know it hasn't been around that long at all so you can text tml to 55678 that's really cool so so you know this show is is about um helping people get unstuck and you know you said 10 years ago the construction industry left you is that what you said so um that had to be a, a period of time then where it was like, oh, because I remember it, 08, 09, 10, those were some rough years, man. Yeah. Um, what what happened? It, it just, the the industry crashed, right? Yeah, it just uh, it basically evaporated over a couple of weeks, a couple of months. Um, yeah. Um, so... What happened? Um, it just Ken, there are so many things that happened at that point. Yeah, um, we were uh, navigating how we're going to one. Are we going to keep the doors open? If we do keep the doors open, based on you know keeping our licensing, keeping our insurance in, in place, right? Um, you know, being ready for if and when the um, economy ever did come back. You know, I'd have in, in the midst of doing the mental gymnastics on that, I'd have guys come into my office once a month, once every other month. Uh, hey man, I'm looking for a job. I got no work for you. Uh, but I'm a really good carpenter. I'm really good at, uh, just had to move down here to take care of my parents. I, 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 I understand, but we've got no work. I wouldn't be able to put you on any jobs. There's nothing to do here. Right. And, you know, with sunken shoulders and their head down, they just look at me and they're like, you want to buy my tools? And wow. there were so many people just at their wits end at that point. Um, but we got, you know, we got hindsight's great because we know we got through it. But I think you, you may recall hearing some of the uh, different talk shows um, at that point, And we were wondering, are we going to be on a different currency? Are we going to lose, um, you know, the, the dollar? Are we going to have to be buying and selling in, uh, silver and gold coins again, or are we going to a barter economy? And there were so many things that were up in the air. And I think it's, it's in some ways it's very similar to now, not um, just in different circumstances, but right. I think there's a lot of people that are having to reinvent themselves. And, you know, I, the uh, angst that I see in some of the business owners that I talk to here locally of you know, we just put all this money, we put all this time into this particular business. What do we do now? I, I can't put any time or money into it because right. there's no reason to do that anymore. So what do I do next? And it, it's, um, you know, so, so many people have their identity wrapped up into what they do. Yep. I'm completely guilty of it. Like I told you with, uh, you know, the going to college, my identity was wrapped up in what I was going to be doing. And not right. knowing what that next step was, I I didn't have any desire to go through college because there was no reason for it. Right, right. Give me a reason to go through something, and I'll do it. I became right. when I set a goal to get my contractor's license. I realized I'm I'm actually a really good student. I I can study. I can I can focus. I can get this. I can pass the test. Um, and and um. I think when we have a when we have a lack of a reason, when we have a lack of focus, lack of a dream, lack of a purpose, um, we start to flounder. Yeah. And, um, so many people have been upended in the, la the last couple weeks that that purpose and direction and focus has, I think, been blurred somewhat. And right. In the in that in that context and that process of, of losing that focus um 
I would say we're not all living our best lives right now uh, in, in not completely, but in some moments we're probably not being our best selves. Right. Um, but I think when, when you have the opportunity to have conversations like this um, and kind of drop the kimono a little bit and, and talk about real things. I mean, you had some really, really good conversations. You have some very wise people. If, if your listeners right now are not listening to some of your evening um, conversations with the guys, man, they're listening yeah. out, missing out on some great wisdom right there. I I have been blessed with having some pretty smart people on. Yes, you, inclu- yes, you inclu- including you. And and, and look, I want to, <clears throat> you know, I want to talk about the the fact that because right now this is this this I I don't know, man. I think this is going to have much more of an economic impact than than '08 and '09 did. Um, and and there are people right now that are freaking out that that don't know what to do mm-hmm. and and back when you know in 0809 i had been doing things a certain way and and man we had to shift gears we had to shift gears we had to reinvent we had to had to do a lot of and sounds like you went through the same thing yeah let me ask you something, Ken. Um, do you feel after going through 08 and having to reinvent, retool, rethink, retrain, would you rather be the Ken before 08 or the Ken after 08? Right. Exactly. So it's not it's not comfortable. It's not a pretty process no, to go through right not. now. But I'm I would much rather be me now than me, you know, in 06, 07. Yeah. You know, I, I think that that people are going to, you know, and, and it's it's part of the the it's like when when you lose a loved one. I mean, you go through all the the different stages of grief, and right now the world is like freaking out a little bit. A lot of people are. For me, I mean, honestly, I've never I, I have never been busier than I am right now. Never. Like it's insane for me. Yeah. And, and so, you know, and, and I don't know that that's the case for everybody, but I do know that we all have an opportunity to reinvent. There's a way to make money, always a way to, to, to make money. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of it's going to be in, in platforms like this where you're going to have to learn how to, to use, use digital. I mean, it, it, it's, it's the bottom line. I mean, you saw me on with, um, Glenn Morshower, the actor mm-hmm. from 24 and the, the, yeah. the resident. And, and he's a really, really good friend of mine now. And, and he's and Bob, Bob, um, Donnell introduced us, but this guy, I, I helped him take his entire business, um, because he owns an acting school. Right. And he's like, uh, he's used to, showing up on Mondays and Tuesdays and having all these people converge on Dallas for his acting classes. He's virtual now. Yeah. And and I helped him get there. I trained him on how to do all that. So, you know, he wouldn't have been forced to do that. He wouldn't have done that. He'd not been forced to do that. And now because it's a digital platform, it's so much larger than much, so much larger than what we could have done before. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's just absolutely amazing when you, and I said this on a, um, somebody's stream the other day, I said, look, let go of what you think you know about who you are and you'll become who you're supposed to be. And, and, you know, I had to do it, man. In 08, 09, I mean, we ended up losing a house and fought for five years to keep this thing. And I mean, you can't fight Wells Fargo. They're, you know, they're $85 billion the government gave them. I I was like, Hey, can we just get like 300 grand? That's it. (laughs) I I don't need any more than that. They they wouldn't do it. So, you know, but you go through these things in life 
and and it ends up making you stronger right mm -hmm. it's like doing push-ups it makes you stronger eventually it sucks yeah. when you're doing them especially if it's been a while since you've done them but you know when you get through this it, it brings you out on the other side so so you in the, in the midst of all that you you shifted gears from construction into marketing you're doing the text me lead sounds like it's going really well it is it is we're having a lot of we have a lot of fun with this one it's yeah. it's a way it's it's so it's um i have um always told our uh so we have a property management company also um with construction uh through our construction business we have a property management company and every time i've had a new tenant come on board i have explained to them that look here's what sets me apart our location sets itself apart because of where it's at Right. But you've had a landlord before, and this is what sets me apart from your other landlords. You get me as a private um, coach, a, a silent partner in your business. I am here to make sure that you succeed because it's easier to, for me to coach you, to help you to to feed into your company than it is for me to re-rent this thing if you go south. So in, in talking to those tenants about being a partner with them, uh, we're doing that also with Text Me Leads. Wow. It's so, so much fun to, to coach some of these uh, young speakers that are coming up, um, yep. seasoned speakers that are having to shift and pivot, and um, explaining to brick-and-mortar companies how they can actually have a digital presence and, and push notifications out to their clients instead of just doing the traditional ads and the traditional marketing and it being passive and waiting for the for the client to take action you're actually able to ping them disrupt their day by um, um activating their phone and saying hey come on down right so you um <clears throat> you know i i i think again people get stuck and they become paralyzed and I, you've seen it, I've seen it. What What do you think? I mean, obviously the number one answer to this question is, is fear, but mm -hmm. I think it can go deeper than that. What What do you think the number one thing is that keeps, keeps people stuck in life? Um, not... I mean, the obvious answer you already said it's it's fear. It's fear of that unknown. Right. Um, but I I think to get over some of that is having uh, the right people around you. And we've heard about having the coaches, we've had the the right mentors, the right um, teams that you put around you. But sometimes those people aren't um, physically available to associate with. And this going back to what we were just saying, I think these digital platforms are really, really going to change um, who we're able to connect with. And yeah, Christopher's right. Their their beliefs um, yeah. can can absolutely hold them back. But if we think about it, if their beliefs are based on what they've heard, seen, and done, and experienced, what I'm not able to do myself more often than not is because it has not been, I have not seen the example set in front of me. I've not right. seen somebody else do it. And until you see somebody else do it in your head, you don't really think that it's possible yet. So that's why having those mentors, the, that those, those coaches, those um, uh, people that you look up to and aspire to be having right. them around you that not only say, yes, you can, but this is how you do it. And let's, all you got to do is just take that next step. So I don't know if that, that's, um, I don't want to be trite or, or simplify it too much, but did that answer your question? Yeah, it did. It did. L l you know, have, let me ask you this. And, and you know, we kind of talked about this. I mean, you grew up see, with a, a good example of being an entrepreneur um, of I'm sure an incredibly strong work ethic with your, your, um, your parents. Mm -hmm. Um, it, I, I don't know if that's privileged. <clears throat> I mean, you know, 
Donald Trump's kids have grown up privileged, <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, I'm sure you didn't want for a lot as a kid, but like the, the people out here that didn't have that example growing up, I didn't have that example. I didn't have the example of, of, of being an entrepreneur, but I've had it in my blood for some reason. I have no idea why. Um, probably just because I, I hate authority and, and I'm not employable <laughs> as a result. <laughs> so, but you know, like when you look at, you know, uh, like for example, I, and I've told this story before that I, I, um, you know, that, that I had a car repossessed in front of a bunch of employees one day. And that was a terribly bad day. <laughs> it yeah. was really, really bad. Yeah. You know, to, and, and I really at that moment felt like the entire world was crumbling. And that was in like 2010, maybe okay. 2009, 2010. What do you say to somebody if they called you up and they said, man, my, my car was just repoed. I, uh, my electric's getting shut off tomorrow. I don't know which way to turn. You know, I'm now I'm stuck at home. I can't, I'm not allowed to leave. I can't go look for a job. I can't like do anything. What do you say to that person to help them in that moment? Get through that, get to the next, to, to the next moment. Um, so um, there, there's a lot wrapped up in that. Uh, yeah. I, first, I, I guess what would first, I would just say stop and breathe and, and just kind of get yourself on some solid ground right now, because you probably feel like you're in a sinking ship, um, that you don't feel like there's a way out and you can't even see the next step to take. Um, and if you could, you might, are you fearful of taking the step and, um, if it's too big of a step, what I've always tried to remember myself and tell others is don't ever make a big decision in a valley. Mm. So if you're in that, in that position, it's like, um, all I can think of Ken is like, well, who do you know? Who can you talk to? And if, if I'm that person that you want to talk to about it, um, then fine, let's, let's, let's have that conversation. I think, um, when we show up for other people in their in their time of need, is is our ultimate calling, and it's a way for all of us to be a mentor, a coach, and that um, that hand up. And sometimes it's not always just a hand up because I think I think a lot of us know we can do it. They just need somebody to sit with us. Um, and there's a um, there's a practice called sitting shiva with, with uh, somebody who's lost a, a loved one or just there's, there's no words to say. There's nothing you can do when, when tragedy hits or uh, you're at, you're at rock bottom. You just have to sometimes sit with somebody and say, look, you're not alone in this. I got you. Right. I might be going through it as well, but let's not, let's not dig a hole that's deeper than we need to. Um, and then let them let a little bit of time pass and then say, okay, well, Let's take inventory. What do we actually have to work with? Right. Um, what do you have in assets? What do you have in abilities? Who do you know? Let's go do something together. Let's. Um, uh, what, what's the next best step that you can make? So, like I said, you, you had a lot wrapped up in that question, and yeah. uh, I don't, again, does that answer that for you? Yeah, of course, dude. I think just being there there's for people no, I don't think. What's that? I think being there for people is the main thing right now. I don't know right. that we all have the answer. None of us really have the next answer. But um, just um, and, and the rea the reality is, Doug, you and I would like there are people starving, suffering, you know, and and, and look, if you live in the United States, there's no reason for that. There's not. I, I don't, I mean, I know, I know a couple of my neighbors, right? Mm -hmm. 
and I know that if my my family and I got into a position where like we couldn't eat, or I I, I know I could go to the neighbors. I know that I could. I yeah. know that that you know there's some family member that I could say, hey, my kids haven't eaten. We haven't eaten, or it's you know. And I know that I could get help. I yeah. know that the government will step in. I would. I, I've never gone for government help ever in my life, but you know I. I and I'm not, that's no dig on anyone that, that has, I'm just saying I, I haven't, I, I, it's a pride thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, trust me, there's been times where I definitely qualified. <laughs> but, I okay, definitely but, Ken, but Ken, in that, in that context, you and I both have family resources, networks, right. That we can reach out to first. Right. Not everybody has the, the families that we have, right. the friends that we have, the connections that we have. Right. To be able to ask for help in a time of need. Right. And that's when I think some of those those um, uh, projects, organizations, uh, groups um, are, are absolutely valuable. Yep. Churches. Yeah. 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 I mean, right I now is a good time to, to, to get closer to God for sure. Yeah. A lot of people. Are. Yeah, definitely. And that that's uh, maybe by design. So, um, look, dude, I think you're, you're, a, a, you're a great guy. You and I have had some amazing conversations on the phone. Um, I, how long, uh, Joe, was it Joe Ingram that introduced us? Eric Swanson. Oh, Eric Swanson. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, that's right. Yeah. Eric. And, and, you know, we've had some great conversations. You're, you're a great dude. Um, what what parting words of wisdom would you leave with everyone that that you know this is a very volatile state that we're in as a as a world mm -hmm. um what what would you say just to motivate people to get them get them to see a brighter future um it depends on where they're at so i'd say if they're really in a bad spot and, and everything really around them is falling apart. Uh, they've got <clears throat> um, family members who may be sick, themselves who may be sick, finances that are falling apart completely. Um, just sit, give yourself a little bit of space. Um, think about not what you need to do next, but who do you know that you might be able to reach out to? Um, I, I mean, absolutely pray. Um, I think um, knowing that you've got not only others to lean on, but you've got a creator to lean on and to literally ask, say, look, this is, you know where I'm at. Um, I really don't have the words to ask right now, but I need help. And then just sit, sit with it for a little bit. Um, look for the next opportunity. Look for that next answer because often it's actually coming. We just don't mess sometimes like the answer. And so we reject it when it shows up. Right. If you're, um, if you're just struggling and, and not knowing where things are at, but you're financially stable and health is stable and the family is stable. Um, what can you do to help somebody else? Um, I've, I've seen so often that when in, in a low point in your life, if you step up and help somebody else, it actually pulls you up at the same time. So maybe I, it's not how we help ourselves and fix our own problems, but look for somebody else who's a, who's worse off than you are and yeah. give them the hand up that you're asking for as well. Yeah, I agree, man. I think we're going to see a lot of, of really cool things happen as a result of this, this, this ginormous hiccup. I, I do too. I do too. Um, I, I, um, I've had my ups and downs with this whole thing as well, but in the last, just really in the last week, I've had, um, my spirits have been really pumped up with this. Um, not really excited about everybody going through this. It's not right. comfortable. And I have, you know, definitely have empathy for those that, um, are, are in tough situations, but, uh, it's, it's encouraging to see what's happening. Um, I, yeah. I, if I could share one one quick story with you, please. One of the other projects that we have is a uh, not-for-profit foundation that my wife and I started in '06 when we were on a uh, mission trip in uh, 
Roatan Honduras. Um, last week, early last week, we had we were contacted. Uh, we're still in contact with them. We still do projects down there. Uh, we were contacted by the governor of the Bay Islands. They asked for uh, us to help facilitate uh, donations coming into the islands through a 501c3 to help out their organizations with medical supplies, food, formula, diapers, the whole everything that they're needing. And because of the island situation, that, uh, which I wasn't completely aware that this was a need, but they're actually in need of, of water as well. So we uh, launched the site late last week. Over the weekend, we had over four things up. And yesterday morning, we were notified that we had you a- had, I'm sorry, you, 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 you froze up there for a second. The, some, the internet had a little hiccup. That's, and I want to point that out. Like right now, there are so many like, people having issues with the internet. There's, there's seven and a half billion people trying to get on all at once. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So what you said uh, over the weekend, you had what? So we had over $4,000 just donated over the weekend uh, from different individuals who wanted to step up and, and help this community down there. Um, as of yesterday morning, we had an individual contact us and offered up a uh, hundred thousand dollars in matching donations. So we're now able to take that and, and, and help any new donations. Actually, the existing donations that came in are gonna be eligible for this as well. But any of the donations that we get coming in organically are going to be matched now dollar for dollar up to $100,000. Wow. So it's, it's amazing to see what they're doing. Um, some of the other groups that we've talked with, there are organizations that are donating into uh, organizations that are creating a food fund to buy the food from the local restaurants and take it down to the, the hospitals to feed the medical uh, medical workers who can't, you know, the, I don't think their kitchens can keep up with the demand. And so they're, uh, they're delivering food and it's just being purchased for them. And, and there's so many people that are stepping up. And there's so many people that are doing it in really, really creative ways right now. You know, that that's that through good things always come out of tragedies. It's just the way that it works. And, and I think that um, like you, a lot of people are going, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit um, lost right now. So what can I do? Well, mm -hmm. what I can do is I can go out and, and, and make a difference. I can go out and help somebody else. Yeah, and that and so that goes back to what I was saying before. You may not, um, it, it, you may be in a situation where you can help somebody else. Right. You may not know because of the social distancing thing, you may not know what you can physically do to help somebody. Right. But let's get creative. I mean, there's there's a lot that we're able to do, um, just digitally. Con yeah. A conversation like this, where you know we're able to have. Uh, make people aware of what's going on somewhere else. Yeah. And, you know, ways that people can step up and, and help out uh, there may, uh, and it's not just a money thing for the, for the donation. We may have somebody that's listening. That's uh, has an idea that I've got some really creative ways of um, maybe helping out as well. Uh, they awesome. are, you know, this community, I'll, I'll, I'll finish with this. They are looking for their respirators and, and whatnot. Yeah. So we're we're trying to get con uh, connections into the Dyson vacuum organization because they've got some uh, a, a donation portion of their company that they're making some of these respirators available. So if anybody's got uh, access there, I know everybody's looking for this type of a product, but yeah, you just ask, you know, and maybe, yeah. maybe somebody knows somebody. Maybe yeah. somebody knows somebody at the Dyson Corporation that can right. um, connect with you and 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 the whole group, the make it count foundation.org. Um, that's, and that's your, your organization that you've helped put together, right? My wife and I, yeah. That's incredible, man. We should have had this whole interview with my wife. She's so much more interesting. Oh, geez. Come on, man. Textmeleads.com is your company. That's your business. Um, everybody should, should definitely check that out. Dude, you rock. Doug, I appreciate you coming on. I told you 
the very first time I talked to you, it's really weird to, to I, like I told, I wanted to talk to you the other day. So I told Siri to call Doug Walls and she <laughs> called my brother. I'm like, come on, Siri, not that Doug Walls. She didn't even ask me which you have one. You to list me as the Doug Walls. <laughs> yeah, right. That's funny, dude. Man, thank you. I appreciate you coming on, sharing your story, your experience, your strength, your hope. You rock. Everybody, make sure you go follow Doug Walls, W-A-L-Z. <laughs> go to textmeleads.com. Check him out. The Make It Count Foundation.org if you would like to help out. If you know anybody at the Dyson Corporation or know how to connect some dots there, for Doug and, and his wife in this organization. That would be awesome. Doug, thanks again. I appreciate you coming on and, and have an awesome day. Thank you. And thank you. I appreciate the opportunity and, and just uh, you've created an awesome platform for a lot of people here. Thank you. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. And thank you to everyone who shared this out and watched and hung out with us. That was awesome. So we will see you guys tomorrow. Thanks a lot, Doug. Don't hang up on me yet. Yeah. See you guys later.